definitely human. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 43. It's summer. Mum and I are on a road trip to Holnacott Estate, which is a beaver sanctuary across Exmoor in Minehead. It's a newer sanctuary compared to Chris Jones. It's two years old. I think his was five. Um, So yeah, I'll be really interested to see how it's different. There's also some May family history attached to Exmoor, which I've been wanting to share with you guys. So we decided to make a day of it. And we are starting in the Black Venus pub in Chalicum. Um, It's got local food from local farms. And mum's been talking about it for years, so I can't wait to give it a go. Oh. So we've driven about half an hour. And we've just arrived next to loads of, what is it, a little farmstead with geese. Oh my god, they're so cute. Hello. Oh no, he looks scary. <laughs> <laughs> like hissing at me and he's got his neck down and hissing at me and flapping his wings they are good guard dogs aren't they yeah, they're brilliant guard dogs so anyway we've arrived on Exmoor at the black venus pub we've been chased by geese and now we're about to go in for a lovely lunch it's a sunny day and we're hoping to sit in the pub garden and have a nice sort of pub grub and enough food so that we can survive until 8 p.m without dinner basically aren't we we're gonna fill our faces i remember coming here with friends in the late 60s, early 70s. And it was still a great pub, great beers, great food. But they've got it all carpeted and it looks a bit posh in there now. But I can remember when it was old stone floors and there was a chair beside the fire with Bob written across the back. <laughs> and this old boy used to come in. He was obviously a local farmer and he was so old fashioned. He wore, do you know what I mean by gaiters? You know, those things that button up instead of wellies. You have them clamped over your calves from your ankles up over your boots. Oh, yes. He wore those and a jacket with a waistcoat and a pocket watch, you know. <laughs> and he would sit in the corner and everybody that came in used to buy Bob a drink. And he never put his hands in his pocket once. And he would sit there and regale all the holiday makers with tales of what went on on Exmoor. And uh, he was quite the party piece. <laughs> Everybody used to talk about Bob from the Black Venus. And he had a very thick Devonshire accent, I imagine. Very, very Devonshire, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and he had the old flat cloth cap. 
Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I wonder what's happened to Bob now. Well, it was 50 years oh, ago. <laughs> Bob is no more. I shouldn't think so. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that traditional farming. You would have worn almost a three-piece wool suit to work out in the fields. And I can attest, you know, wearing wool trousers and stuff, they're very hard wearing and they don't get stained or dirty or anything. It's sort of very akin warm. to old denim, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> So we're just driving across Exmoor, getting towards the Somerset-Devon border, um, and we just passed this stone, and Mum started telling me this story about a bit of family history, really, about some graffiti that my great-granddad did on the stone. So we had to stop and take a look. He was an apprentice with a company in Braunton, and he was 17 or 18, and he and another guy came out here on a steam engine, a traction engine, and they were laying a road because it's so far away and it takes so long to get here they obviously had to sleep the night and they slept the night in that gateway um, beside the corner stone and that one was freshly it was a, a huge stone taller than my grandfather and for something to do being tear away teenagers my grandfather decided to chisel his name into the stone f bray and at the time he did it, it was about waist height and now it's just down about ground level as the stone has sunk over the years it's unbelievable and it's also quite massive it's not like you doodle on a desk you know your name or something it is huge it's probably like the size of my arm or something you know right across the bottom of the stone it would have been round about 1910 or 11 something like that oh my God. Yeah. And so every time you drive past, you'll be able to see a bit of our family history of my great granddad's name chiseled into the border stone, which now, of course, you've got a proper border signage of a metal sign that says, welcome to Devon, welcome to Somerset on the other side. But that used to be how you knew you yes. were on the border. Yes. The toad. <laughs> Teenagers for you. Yeah. Right, we'll continue on. The Maybother's Gate is just beyond those trees. Oh, don't forget the key. So we are out. It's so beautiful today. We are out on the Acklands allotment, which is a thousand acres owned by, well, it used to be owned. It's the May family owned, but it's not owned by us. There's so many Mays. May Brothers as a company. May Brothers as a company, yes. And there's a gate with May written into it in wood, which is I'm going to put on the socials. That's where you picnic down there. Yes, I remember. Times, with Granny and Grampy sitting on deck chairs and you kids playing in the river. I've got the photos somewhere. Oh, it's beautiful. And on a day like this, how perfect. I bet it's freezing. Oh, the water is so, you go, your feet go blue within minutes. Yeah, you never joined us. <laughs> Oh, certainly not. I know where I'm best off. <laughs> You're a landlubber. Yes. Oh, it's so beautiful here. I mean, it is just scrubland, isn't it? That it we've is got really. cows and sheep on here. I mean, we, the yes. May family, yes. not us. Yes. Sheep are on here most of the time. Cows only in the summer because it's too cruel out here in the wintertime. There's a lot of snow out on Exmoor. Oh. Yes. And you get all the people that live out here, they get snowed in. They have to carry a full larder of food because you never know when your electric's going to go. When you're in a storm, you get, you know, forget internet. There isn't any. <laughs> this whole area of land, and I'm going back hundreds and hundreds of years, 
was given to Ackland, whoever he was, Sir somebody or other, Richard Ackland or something, I can't remember his name, by the king for services to the crown. And I think allotment means that it's your allotted portion of land for a thank, as a thank you. And that's why it's always kept the name allotment. Because when I first started, to me, an allotment is a piece of council ground where you have a vegetable patch. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the historic name behind it. And then what, May Brothers bought it from Ackland? Brother, it was sold, yeah. I think when he died to raise money for death duties, it was sold off and May Brothers bought a thousand acres of it because it goes on forever. It's not just a thousand acres. There's a hell of a lot more than that. But May Brothers bought this bit. Was a thousand acres for a thousand pounds for a thousand years. Well remembered. Yes, that's right. So it would have been the hundred year anniversary of when they bought it. God, so you've got it for another 900 years then yeah gonna be a few generations that long (laughs) so we've just pulled into a little lay-by we've been driving across the top of the moor we first drove down into Exford, mm-hmm. and that was yep. the very pristine part of Exmoor where it's all looked after. And now we're on the other side where it's very rural, wild. scrub, wild. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. It's very wild. We're on open moorland now, which is, I suppose there are people that have grazing rights here, but all the other places we've been are owned by farms. But this bit is open. It belongs to the country. It's a national park. And it is just wild and free and the ground is scrubby and it's as nature intended. And the only thing here all the year round are wild ponies. Yes. So where did they have come from? Have they just always been here? Exmoor ponies. They are a breed unto themselves. Very hardy. Yeah. They are quite stocky. We're looking at them now on top of the hill and they're sort of smaller... I mean, ponies are small, aren't they? Small horses. Um, yeah. And they're sort of brown, black. And they've got a very beige muzzle. That's how you know an Exmoor. It's black or dark brown, but it's got a beige mouth. part of his mouth. <laughs> a bit like um, Simpsons, you know. Oh, got right. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good Bart analogy. Simpson. Homer Simpson, yeah. <laughs> and there's lots yeah. of reeds and heathers. The trees are thick with buds, but the, there's no leaves yet on any of the trees. So it's quite sort of skeletal. If we were at home right now, we would be in T-shirts and sweltering in the sunshine. Here, you need all your layers because it is still, you're so high up and it's very, very, there's a bitter cold wind. And as we go up over the crest of this hill, I think you'll probably see the coastline of Wales. You used to come on lots of holidays here as a child. Well, not holidays. When when we used to come down to Devon to visit friends, we always ended up here on Exmoor for a picnic because that was where all the farmers used to come to Exmoor. They'd rather come out on the moor than go to the beach. People didn't go to the beach. It wasn't the place to be. I urge anybody listening who's coming to the UK who hasn't been to the malls before, come to Exmoor or Dartmoor and yeah, see it for yourself because mm. it's amazing. Even the Yorkshire moors, any moors here in the UK are just fabulous. But wear the right gear on your feet. You can't afford to be out here in flip-flops. Right, let's go on and see if we can see the sea then. We're nearly at the beaver's stop. Our last yes. spot is the beaver's. We've arrived. It was a bit hairy and we couldn't really find it. And we ended up driving down a road, which was Holnicott House, which is, I think is a rental accommodation where some lovely old lady was sat reading a book and mum said, oh God, it's an old people's home. <laughs> there was another old boy on the other side of the lawn as well. He looked pretty doddery. <laughs> poor, poor woman is just trying to enjoy her holiday. <laughs> 
We had to come back off the main road and uh, we finally found it. We're just in the car park. It's looking terribly deserted. So we're going to message and see where everybody's at. I have to stretch my legs. Oh. So <laughs> we've just figured out we've arrived an hour early. It's 4.30. We were supposed to get here at 5.30, but mum wrote in her diary 4.30 thinking we needed to leave at 4.30 before we decided to make a whole day of it. Guilty as charged. But we just met the two sort of in charge of the beaver enclosures here at the estate and uh, they've made us a cup of tea and a cup of coffee, pointed us in the direction of the walled garden and we're going to sit here for an hour and enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> it's a lovely start to it, isn't it? We might not see beavers. The female beaver used to be really friendly towards people until the male joined and he is from the wild and he's taught her to be more of a wild thing herself. So, Plus the fact that she's pregnant, so she's not going to come out. She's staying in her lodge. I love the way it's called lodge. That's so great. They've got cowslips in there. Look, gosh, that's, I haven't seen those in years. What's a cowslip? Those yellow things. What is it, a flower? It's a wild flower, yeah. Oh, wow. This is such an old, it's dilapidated. Look at the peeling paint on that door. But I mean, it would have been magnificent in its time. A beautiful walled garden. And it's now just a bit of a wilderness, really. The buildings are all quite old. They've got a grain store on stilts that's all made out of brick. That would be to keep the rats out. I said to mum, we need one of those ourselves. <laughs> Although you couldn't get in it very easily with the telehandler. Telehandlers don't go up steps. No. <laughs> that was when the days when they used to just have a sack over their shoulder. This looks like an old little greenhouse or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, apple trees. Oh. Pour my coffee. Many apples on it. Look, it's only got one little bit of blossom. Cheers. Cheers, darling. To being eager beavers. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we are, eager beavers. Oh, lordy, lordy. So after sitting and enjoying our coffee in the wild garden, it is now half past five and it is time to join the tour. There are about 25 of us and first off we're going to walk about five minutes up onto the hill and see how they're changing the fields and sort of digging out ponds and uh, filling in ditches and just sort of really focusing on the waterways and how to improve the water quality and sort of soak up the land a little bit. I think farmers over the last sort of 100 years have been filling in ditches and taking the water off the land so that we can farm it easier, which has really affected the biodiversity. I'm only just learning this now. Like, I had no idea that this was a thing, but now I'm thinking about it. There are ditches. It's very normal to have ditches in the side of your fields to take the water off um, so that you can obviously farm crops easier, so that the ground doesn't get more muddy when animals are on them. It's been sort of something we've just done and not realised its impact. So here... Um, they are practicing removing all of those things that we've put in place and creating more wetlands, digging out ponds and just creating more of a natural landscape, really. They've got a lot of acres to play with, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're doing. We just saw a pig. They brought a pig in to sort of tear up the natural landscape, two pigs. Um, and it was amazing the way they just dug it all up and created little mounds. And I suppose all the little seeds will then fall into the bare earth. They were doing wildflower meadows. And so they're saving, the, they've grown all these wildflowers. And they're going to save the seeds so that they can plant them elsewhere. Yes, that's what we want, isn't it? The wildflower meadows that they're doing. Mm. They've got a different sort of fencing system to what Chris had. This oh yes, it slops over. over at the top. Yeah, so they can't come out. 
So there's about 25 of us in the group. We're all just walking along the outside of the beaver enclosure. It's very wet in the middle. It's not like Chris's where he's got, you know, walkways and things. So we can't get in there because it will be too deep. Apparently the beavers are great escape artists. Um, They've got somewhere for the deer to jump over and the beavers actually managed to jump over themselves and clambered a mile away. It took them six months to realise the beavers had even escaped. They can crawl up the trees, climb along the overhanging branches and then fall down onto the other side of the fence. So yeah, it seems like there's a lot to watch out for. Um, Keeping beavers inside the enclosure. Oh, it's such a beautiful evening and the light is really pretty. Yes, we're finally seeing the bog. Oh, that looks like a dam, doesn't it? So this site has been going for two years, whereas Chris's was five years. And seeing the difference, um, it's all still very much under construction. See where they've been gnawing away at those trees. Yeah, the red bark showing underneath where they've been gnawing at the bottom of some of the trees. The smell of wild garlic, it's amazing. Yes. So we've just got back, we're just taking off our boots. What did you think? I thought it was amazing. Totally different to Chris's, but uh, really, really interesting. And because this is a newer setup than Chris's. Yes, 2020 versus Chris's 2017. Yes, it's amazing the difference. It's made me realise that, you know, ours is going to take a few years. It's not an instant transformation. And the beavers eluded us. They continue to elude us. I don't think we'll see them until we get them ourselves. No. You were convinced you saw one. Then when we were walking back, we saw a deer making its way through. I think it was a deer because I I said it was something really big. But yeah, I think it was a deer. It was probably lying down and then you saw it getting up. Darn it. But I was excited for a second. I thought I was the only one that could see it. There's a little kid there with binoculars. I was trying to point it out to him and he couldn't see it. And I thought I'm just going, you know, bananas. I'm so bananas over beavers that I keep seeing them when there aren't any. I'm hallucinating. Oh, wonderful. Well, the sun's setting. It's time for us to drive home and shut the trucks to bed. Yes, definitely. Let's go. Fancy a cup of tea? Oh, yes, please. So, never a dull moment on the farm. We had to deal with a sneaky sheep breakout. It was a jailbreak for sheep. Nightmare. (laughs) The joys of being... A livestock farmer. I feel like the day is never done, you know, just when you think you can go home. And then we got a call, didn't we, to say that the sheep have got out. Um, we just let the grass keep. But when we went out, they were all in the hedgerows. We had to form a team. Basically, there's an old gateway in a field, which we don't even really consider a gateway anymore because it's so rusted and it's basically melded with the hedge. And they've been rubbing up against it because of their itchy fleeces. And they've completely worn it away and they've created a nice little gap where they could run up the road and run into the hedgerows. They were in the corn. They'd gone in the barley, broken through the gate. They were trying to get in the the other field with other sheep. Well, some of them did, didn't we? So now we've got to sort of, I don't know, work out. I messaged the owner of the runaway sheep and 
gave him the telephone number of the other owner oh, and they were going to get together. They've got decent sheepdogs. They can pick them and move them. Oh, good. So. I don't make a very good sheepdog. So <laughs> I was scrambling up in the hedge. I'd forgotten to put my gloves on. I'd sort of, yeah, got stinging nettle hands. It, worse, it had been pouring with rain and the grass was very long. I had to go into the barley field to get the sheep out and the barley was so wet. I came in, my legs, they were so wet. <laughs> It was just going running down the inside of my welly boots. Nothing like coming home and then running a nice bath. You deserved it. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) Oh, well, cheers. Cheers, darling. Clink. Have we stumbled upon a beaver spiracy? I've never seen one. Have you? Do they even exist? We must investigate further. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a Definitely Human production. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.